Hey folks, thank you for joining me on today's episode. As many of you know, I actually work full-time as an English instructor for Laramie County Community College here in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And this past week, we have been gearing back up for school and it's been a little crazy. So I don't have a big episode like I typically would have for you. However, it did get me thinking the importance of back to school safety tips for you and folks who have a loved one going back to school this next week. And so be sure to stay tuned. I have the update with Desiree Tinoco and some really awesome safety tips. I'm Renee Nelson, and this is Unsolved Wyoming. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great, great. So just wanted to check in with you as the end of summer is coming upon us. Do you have any cases for us? Sure. So DCI has four solved cases. Three are from Natrona County and one is from Fremont County. There are two new cases on their database. Alan Valderez, age 18, was last seen in Laramie County on August 4th. He's a white male, approximately 5'8", 120 pounds, with brown eyes and black hair. He was last seen wearing a gray t-shirt with on it, maroon shorts and flip-flops. Anyone with information, please contact Laramie County Sheriff's Office at 307-637-3524. Eternity Yellow Fox, age 14, was last seen in Fremont County on August 2nd. She's a Native American female, approximately 5'7", 120 pounds with brown eyes and hair. Anyone with information, please contact Fremont County Sheriff's Office at 307-332-5611. And with all cases, you can contact Wyoming DCI at 307-777-7181. The family of a missing Sheridan girl reached out through social media and eventually the post found its way to the missing people of Wyoming group. She was found a short time later. Casper PD through social media for a missing man who was later found in Minnesota. I'm assuming it was a family member who had posted the following update that he appeared delusional and confused at the time that he was found. And lastly, we just had a breaking story. Channel 13 News released and several other articles have been done on it as well. There was a foot in a shoe found in one of the hot springs in Yellowstone. There's no other information at this time regarding the story. Wow, a foot and a shoe. That that sounds pretty ominous. Yeah, it's honestly probably the most disturbing story since I've been involved in missing persons uh, and, you know, Jane and John Doe cases. Uh, it's uh, it's quite disturbing. Definitely. And, you know, and not to get morbid, but, you know, a lot of the reason why it's disturbing is obviously the, the rest of the person is, is not where the foot and the shoe um, was found, but also... You know, uh, we don't have feet prints. It's not easy to identify a person from that little of uh, of remains. Yeah. Found. So yeah. that's hard. Maybe, 
it might be possible with the shoe that was found that they can link it up with uh, the description of a person that went missing in that area and get a family some closure, hopefully. Definitely. Well, how tragic. Well, Desiree, thank you. I appreciate the updates. One of the other things that I wanted you to mention, you posted yesterday uh, for back to school season, the do's and don'ts of um, posting first days on social media. Can you cover those with us? Yeah, of course. So it was a sheriff's office, this uh, picture they put out to the public and it made its rounds on social media now. And a lot of uh, missing nonprofits have picked it up and and used it as a great example of how to keep kids safe during back to school. There's been this trend for the last, I would say, probably 10 years, give or take, where you have a cute chalkboard, the child stands out front of their home or their school, and it basically puts all that personal information out there on social media. And so they politely remind parents to not put so much information out to the public. You just never know who's trying to groom children, their information from Absolutely. And so things such as, you know, teacher, school location, um, you know, anything identifying um, to the child's location is definitely discouraged, I I think, if I remember correctly. And so grade and, you know, uh, I don't even think, like, is school appropriate, do you think? I mean, it's hard not to want to boast about what your kid is when they're going into junior high or high school. So I can kind of see how that would be something that may be acceptable on some level um, and understanding like who you have as friends on social media and how far that post can reach. But definitely keeping out a teacher's name, the child's last name, the grade they're in, their favorite subjects or activities, all those things can be used. Absolutely, 100%. And that's the unfortunate thing is that we never know obviously, you know, who our friends are, because crime junkie rule number one, you never really know anybody, right? Not to be super sad about it, but that we want to make sure that we are, you know, protecting our most vulnerable population, which is our children and making sure that, you know, still want to celebrate first day of school milestones, but being mindful about the information that we're putting out there. That actually reminds me about uh, those really cute bumper stickers. And so that actually bumper stickers can communicate a lot to potential predators, you know. So if you have like the stick family, you know, on the back of your car, it lets people know, you know, how many family members are in your, how many children you have. But anything like Little League stickers or, you know, um, I have a, you know, honor roll student at so-and-so elementary school those things can even be uh, potential risks, you know, that those that can be a risk that that we're taking by putting that information even on our vehicles. So that's something to be mindful of, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I can definitely agree to that. I uh, I used to have a, a bumper sticker on my car, something personal to myself. And it was it just made me feel too uncomfortable that that people could uh, potentially link me to my car just by that bumper sticker. So I eventually took it off. Uh, and, and definitely don't put that your kid's an honor roll student on there. I, I highly recommend against that. Uh, save that for a scrapbook or, or something else. Definitely. So, well, thank you, Desiree. I really appreciate you covering those tips with us. Some other safety tips I wanted to share with you are, one, this was actually one that my mom did with my brother and me. If a friend of my mom's was going to pick us up, they had to know a password that only my mom, brother, and me knew. That was the signal to us that my mom did send someone other than herself to come get us. This was before cell phones, but I still think it's good practice. 
too. If you have a child that walks, make sure they have a friend or a group. Have a calling system that if a friend is sick, that your child has someone else to walk to school with. Three, tell sound or at least one headphone out while the other headphone is in. This is a great tip even for adults who jog or walk. If we can't hear what's going on around us, we might not hear a honking car or if someone's yelling at us or notice if someone is coming up behind us. Five, make sure GPS tracking is on and you know the find my phone emails and password for your child's phone. And of course, our children, when they go back to school, may be spending even more time on screens. So another area to monitor is online. These tips come from the Justice Department. One, discuss internet safety and develop an online safety plan with children before they engage in online activity. Establish clear guidelines, teach children to spot red flags, and encourage children to have open communication with you. Two, Supervise young children's use of the internet, including periodically checking their profiles and posts. Keep electronic devices in open, common areas of the home and consider setting time limits for their use. Three, review games, apps, and social media sites before they are downloaded or used by children. Pay particular attention to apps and sites that feature end-to-end encryption, direct messaging, video chats, file uploads, and user anonymity which are frequently relied upon by online child predators. Four, adjust privacy settings and use parental controls for online games, apps, and social media sites, and electronic devices. Five, tell children to avoid sharing personal information, photos, and videos online in public forums or with people they do not know in real life. Explain to your children that images posted online will be permanently on the internet. Six, Teach children about body safety and boundaries, including the importance of saying no to inappropriate requests, both in physical world and the virtual world. Seven, be alert to potential signs of abuse, including changes in children's behavior in regards to electronic devices, attempts to conceal online activity, withdrawn behavior, angry outbursts, anxiety, and depression. Eight, Encourage children to tell a parent, guardian, or other trusted adult if anyone asks them to engage in sexual activity or other inappropriate behavior. And last, immediately report suspected online enticement or sexual exploitation of a child by calling 911, contacting the FBI at tips.fbi.gov, or filing a report with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, NCMEC, at 1-800-843-5678 or report.cybertip.org. So I know we don't think it's going to happen to our children, but it's always best to have those conversations. And so oftentimes if our kids know what is best practices online and they have a friend who may not have been talked to and they see those red flags, they may be able to help their friend make better decisions online too if they feel as though they may be in danger. So Our information spreads far and wide when we talk to our children because they really do listen to us. Last, I wanted to mention the hashtag for Mac pledge. For those of you in Southeast Wyoming, you may recall the tragic incident of a young man losing his life in front of the junior high school while he was crossing a school crosswalk during school hours with a traffic officer. Mac's mother, in all of her grief, has dedicated her last year to advocating for pedestrian safety in school zones. The page hashtag for Mac has asked everyone to take the following pledge to one, not drive distracted, two, slow down in school zones, 
and three, pledge to protect our kids on their way to and from school. Let's make sure everyone's babies, big and small, get home safe. I hope you found these tips helpful. I'll chat with you next week. <music>